welcome. This is an awesome podcast. This yeah. is one of my favorite ones. <laughs> to the Jeff. It's a lot of whiskey, Jeff. Macalino. Jeff Macalino. 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 Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Got a good one for you today. As always, I'll ramble a little on top. I actually just recorded uh, the podcast that'll come out next week, just before I recorded this intro. Um, what a blast that was. Uh, and, and this one is also outstanding. Um, let's see, should I, should I talk about this episode first or go on my, my rambling about, uh, boy, I should have prepared myself for what I was going to say. I just hit record. Uh, (laughs) I, um, had a few interesting developments going on in the last week. Um, and something I'm not sure if I want to talk about on the podcast, I'm not going to go into any specifics, but uh, there's a plan to go. I actually talk about it in this episode with Matthew Gray. There's a plan for me to go 30 days, no drinking at all. Uh, someone said, no drugs, completely sober. I'm like, I didn't, I didn't say sober. I said no alcohol. Um, but also be very rigid on what I eat. Um, and just, you know, I, I have a, a very militant, uh, strictness inside of me. If I need to access it, I just choose not to almost ever. Uh, but you know, like I'm talking like, you know, I eat only vegetables. I'm not talking keto, but just put strict limitations on what I can eat so that if I get the munchies, contented what i'll probably be doing half the time uh if i get the munchies i i will only have set foods i can go to now that's going to put a big pause on drunk jeff eats uh i plan on as soon as i finish recording the intro and outro and writing the show notes for this episode i plan on recording at least one episode of drunk jeff eats tonight because i've been drinking um but Anyways, I'm sure you'll uh, stay involved in the YouTube channel. Also have a very intriguing and fun uh, discussion going on about an opportunity that uh, might be seeing more of me on a regular basis, but we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, so excited about that. Also got an email that really that really had me uh, in my own head, uh, a little bit. I got an email from a company that I will not name, but it's a company where I've actually directly badmouthed them (laughs) or the, the main person, but that, you know, is them, uh, many times on this podcast, uh, about, uh, being a sponsor or being a, a, a partner sponsor or whatever. And uh, I, I, I took a little bit and I sent over my, my rates and, and, and whatnot, you know, uh, and, and I'm just thinking, you know, there's nothing wrong with sending over that information, but I'm just thinking like, I really could use the money, 
you know, you can sign up on my Patreon and help me out, folks. Uh, but I can really use the money. But I don't know if I could read an ad without, you know. And, and then I thought, well, maybe if it's a pre-recorded ad, I could just throw in there. I can just say, eh, it doesn't, you know, it pays the bills kind of thing. Um and I slept on it, and I'm like, I don't think I can do it because I, I really don't want to. The sponsors I have had on the podcast thus far, and I have a couple others that I'm in agreement with, but waiting. Uh, I, w- I won't go into that on the podcast, but I need to know more about their product before I actually will do the ad and, and whatnot. Uh, but I've used the products of the companies that I uh, advertise or believe in the, you know, believe in them. For instance, Ibotta. I use Ibotta uh, every week. I've, I've made money from Ibotta as a user of the app, not uh, as a, not just from a podcast sponsorship perspective, as I have the Ibotta app and I use it all the time because for example, my son has a, a, a lot of allergies, and there are these chips. Siete, they're not a sponsor. Siete chips, all they are are potatoes and spices and avocado oil. So there's no soy, there's no peanuts, there's no uh, corn, there's no dairy, which is this big thing. And they have these chipotle, barbecue chipotle, I want to say they are, kettle chips that are delicious. And yet, they're uh, they're not the healthiest things in the world, but they're very clean food as far as the ingredients go. Potato, avocado oil, and a lot of seasoning. Uh, You know, I love them. And, you know, they were on sale at Publix, and guess what? I used Ibotta, and I got money back. Uh, I'm going to count that as my ad for Ibotta, but that wasn't the intent of of the story. The point is, I use these things. Um, So having some, some company on here that I've, multiple times said how I think they're very evil. Uh, It was weighing on me, and I thought, I probably can't do it. And then I got an email back that uh, said, uh, we don't think, which is interesting because it sounds like they didn't actually listen to my podcast till after they reached out to me. Uh, We don't think we're a, a good fit. And I'm like, I wonder if they listened to an episode where I directly bashed them. Uh, But regardless, not naming names, uh, because I would never do that. But it is, I'm like, oh, thank God, because it was going to be real awkward if they came back and said, hey, here's a bag of money. And I had to say, oh, boy, no. (laughs) Um, So sometimes things work out for a reason. And again, when one door shuts, another opportunity arose uh, that I'm I'm looking forward to. Um, you know, I feel I feel good about the direction of things. Uh, all right, let's get to my guest today, Matthew Gray. Um, he has lived a life, and I don't think we touch on two percent of that life. Uh, in this podcast, um, because he's done so much, uh, and I think a lot of the conversation uh, skewed towards 
the the a food. Um, but he he has been, or he is a chef, a metabolic health specialist. He's an entrepreneurial advisor, an interview consultant, an author, newspaper journalist, food tour creator. Radio talk show host. Uh, he's an idea guy. Blah blah blah. He he dropped out of high school to travel on tour on the Hotel California tour with the Eagles, and then he also toured with Fleetwood Mac and Pink Floyd. We talk a little bit about that. He had a greeting card company. We don't end up talking about that. I don't think at all. Uh, we don't talk much about his journalism. He did a talk radio. Uh, we didn't talk about that. I don't think uh, he had a big website back in the uh, early days of the internet. I don't think we talked about that. Like, we don't talk about a lot of the the awesome things he's done. Uh, he's got a blog. Uh, I'll link everything, obviously, in the show notes. Um, just a, 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 a an eclectic guy, and uh, I had a blast talking to him. Uh, he also helped me, um, and I realized I didn't do this in the interview I just recorded, but this, he also helped me uh, upgrade the audio a little bit in Zoom. So he's just a, a just a nice guy. Um, so uh, I had fun talking to him, talking to him. I don't know what, what I slipped into there. Um, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it too. And you know what else you'll enjoy, Segway King? Uh, it's Flaviar. <laughs> this is the club you'll be telling all your friends about. Taste exciting craft and premium spirits. Access exclusive drinks and learn the ways of a true whiskey aficionado. All of a sudden, you'll find yourself with a personal home bar from the best of bourbon, scotch, rum, gin, or tequila. And heaps of story to tell. Stories to tell. Use the link in the show notes. To the... I... Use the link in the show notes below so they know that you're a listener of the Jeff McAlino podcast and you get a discount. Uh, also, I'm not going to read the Ibotta ad that I already basically did, uh, but use the link in the show notes below so you get the special introductory offer on Ibotta as well. And they know that I sent you. You know, make money. Uh, Flaviar, Ibotta, blah. All right, enjoy me. With Matthew Gray. All right, everybody. I am very pleased to welcome Matthew Gray to the Jeff Macalino podcast. How are you today, Matthew? Jeff, everything is really good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's it's uh it's stormy outside, but that that's leading to a cold front. So I'm in St. Petersburg, Florida, so we don't get many cold Christmases. Oh, going to be yeah. in the 30s this year. <laughs> I was going to say, cold for you is probably like the 60s, but you're saying it's going to be in the 30s, huh? Yeah, well, according to my phone's weather, it says now the low is going to be 36 on Christmas. So uh, that's when the iguanas start falling from the trees and all that kind of good stuff happens in Florida. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fat, sweaty man, so it's like, yes, I finally get to thrive. <laughs> everyone's you know, shivering i'm just like yes i'm comfortable <laughs> you know you might as well be a fat sweaty man in a nice cool environment <laughs> yeah right? summers are oppressive <laughs> aren't they you need to just have a summer home somewhere like in the north pole or scandinavia <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's you know 
It's in my future if I can financially uh, get to that point. Probably not the North Pole, but <laughs> um, I mean, you live in a in a pretty tropical environment as well. Although I feel like Hawaii does get colder than Florida sometimes, right? Because there's mountains and stuff. I've never been to Hawaii, as you can probably tell. <laughs> You know, they're both probably pretty similar in weather. I think Florida may tend to be a little bit more uncomfortably humid. And maybe perhaps Florida gets a little bit lower in temperature sometimes. We don't get too cool temperatures here. At least we're in the city that I'm at, Honolulu. But on the big island, one of the other neighbor islands, they have Mauna Loa, which is one of the highest mountain peaks in the world, and they get snow up there every year. So we're one of those kind of rare, interesting tropical climates. Yeah, I um, one of these days I'll get out to Hawaii. Well, good. I'll, I'll feed you all day long. I'll show you the I'll show you the scene here. Yeah, well, you'd you'd have to be the guy I go to for for food suggestions there. I. <laughs> I, you know, when I was, was preparing to talk to you, I was, uh, somebody asked me, oh, what's he about? I'm like, man, he's got a lot of stuff in his background. We're going to talk a lot about food, I'm sure. But I'm like, this guy's got some cool, I mean, so I know you dropped out of high school or you left high school early to travel with the Eagles. Oh, that's a nice way of putting it. Leaving <laughs> early is much nicer. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was uh, that was well put. Yeah, I had an opportunity to travel with the Eagles on their Hotel California tour, and it was one of those offers that was too good to pass up. How did how did that come about for a for a high school student? <laughs> It's just crazy. Uh, my neighbors across the street, my buddies, Marty and Jeff, two brothers, had been doing merchandising for the rock and roll world for a number of years. And they were they were getting old and gray. They were already like in their early 20s and they were burnt out. And they asked me, I was 17 at the time, if I'd like to go do merchandising with the Eagles on the Hotel California tour. And I was aware of the Eagles, but I wasn't aware of that uh, album or that tour. And I said, sure, that sounds great. And when does it start? And they said, next month. I said, cool. After asking my parents, of course, and my parents were very loose with me. And they said, you know, if this is what you want to do, go for it. You know, young enough, right? 17, go experience the world a little bit, which I did. I, I imagine you, you probably got a, quite a bit of experience <laughs> out, of, out of that. Um, yeah, I lived a few lifetimes during, during those days. And they tell me that I had a good time. <laughs> that's that's a sign of a good time when other people right. have to tell you <laughs> exactly <laughs> i've i've often said i've got some great stories uh, they're about me that other people have told me but i was allegedly there <laughs> exactly when you know like you said when people have to remind you then you know you had a really nice time yes yes or or you have good friends that tell the story in a way that doesn't make you feel bad about yourself <laughs> right they embellish it to where we're bigger and better than ever yeah, yeah, I'm always cool with that because oh, yeah. you know if I don't remember what what you know, <laughs> why not make me feel good about myself? Oh sure. Uh, now you, uh, wait, how long have you been in Hawaii? Uh, forever since the Earth was cooling. Um, <laughs> I had moved here. I think it was '92. I was born in New York. My family moved to Los Angeles when I was just ten years old. Now, they didn't tell me right away, but I caught up with them. And then I was in Los Angeles till the early 90s when I moved here to Honolulu. <laughs> the, 
Took me a I was second. waiting for it. I was, I, was <laughs> waiting, I was waiting for the laugh, the smile. It's a timing thing, you know? Oh, it was good. I was just like, what, what did he say? <laughs> did I hear that right? <laughs> um, is that, did you, um, now you, you started as a chef while you were still in L.A.? Yeah. When I got done doing the rock and roll merchandising with the Eagles and, and Fleetwood Mac and Pink Floyd, I decided, what am I going to do with my life? And I was 21 at that time. So living out of a suitcase and doing the whole drug, sex and rock and roll thing was getting old for me. And I said, wow, maybe being a chef would be the thing I should do because I've always been involved with food ever since I was a little kid. And it was always the go-to when times were good, my family sat down and ate. When times were bad, my family cried over their, their life through food. And during every one of life's events, in between good and bad, was always a food moment. So because food was just so near and dear and confusing to me, it meant everything. Love, and it meant care, and it meant uh, connection. So those were the things that, that were involved with, with my decision of becoming a chef. Yeah, it's it's interesting the connection people have with food, and that's I I always use a, a terribly lame excuse of being well I'm Italian that's how my family that's how we do things you know oh <laughs> you know it's got we, we everything's got to also be the most unhealthy type you know it's got to be pasta a lot of carbs <laughs> exactly exactly I totally get that you know and and the whole carb thing. Uh, we can talk about that later, about where I'm at in my life after being a person who lived life to excess for almost my entire life and now kind of come full circle to where carbs are only allowed a short period of time and a short number of times throughout the year for me at this point in my life. Yeah, I, I feel like, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. But yeah, I feel like that's a necessity if you want to live a long life. Is right, kind of getting right. a healthy relationship with not only food, but I feel like especially carbs and probably this stuff too. If you, <laughs> oh yeah, you know we can talk all about that stuff because that's where I'm at right now. I've had nothing to do for the last three years since the COVID shit show brought down my business. So I've learned a lot about health and nutrition and getting getting healthy and living longer. Yeah, and that, so that was the Hawaii Food Tours, correct? Yeah, Hawaii Food Tours was a business I started back in 2004, and it was designed to feed, educate, and entertain people on a daily basis who were visiting Hawaii. Nice. And yeah, COVID, I, I can imagine, put a wrecking ball through that business model a, little, a lot of bit. Yeah, well, people didn't want to hang together in groups and uh, get breathed on and handle food that had been touched by someone else, or uh, they didn't want to travel in a tour van anymore. So, yeah, COVID uh, really put the hurt on me after 16 years. So uh, that was the end of that. And I started Hawaii Food Tours, which became a pretty famous company. It was only the second food tour company in the United States at wow. that time. I... Uh... Well, I'll, I'll I'll pitch you that off off the recorder. <laughs> it, it it that that fascinates me because of an idea I've had that's not that I mean it's not that original. But well, I'll, I'm, I'll... <laughs> I'm helping people just like you who have ideas that, that they want to bring to that next level because that's another part of what I've been doing with my last three years is helping entrepreneurs like you get to those next steps and be able to map out a strategy. Yeah, it, it's. Uh... 
<laughs> I I I don't I I I hope you didn't uh, check out my YouTube channel before you sat down to talk, or you might have backed out of talking to me to begin with. I do I do a, a thing on YouTube that some of them have moderate levels of uh, success, but I do it, it's called Drunk Jeff Eats, and uh, I. I, I I guess the first part kind of gives away the obvious that I'm I'm drunk or pretending to be drunk, but that's between us. Uh, on... That was my entire thirties. There's mine too. <laughs> uh, I get it, man. <laughs> but yeah, I order. It started when uh, McDonald's. I don't know if you remember they were advertising their whole menu mashup, so you could get the Land Air and Sea Burger. Which was oh, a McChicken, no. uh, a Big Mac, and a fillet of fish all meshed together. So that, that sounds I, really good, man. I, I so that that was the thing. I decided I was very drunk one night, and I decided I'm going to record myself eating it. And uh, you know, my friends found it hilarious. So then I just started going fast food items that I could order for delivery. Late night, I just start getting the food, and and man, there's I I've had to edit those videos, and it's painful. <laughs> you know the um the food world has totally changed it's gone from the food world used to be as far as the media is concerned it used to be about cooking and learning to cook and then it became uh about eating and competitive eating and now it's become people who like eat for contests and so on like that so it's just very interesting how it's morphed over the last 20 years from learning the art of cooking now to the the over-exaltation of, of people stuffing their faces and doing it on camera. There's something weird. It's like it's like a, a plane crash or a car accident when you see people doing that stuff. It's so weird, and I, I'm glad. Uh, that That's a funny... Uh, something I chose to do afterwards when I started putting out more of these is I intentionally edit out the chewing of the food because I was looking at my YouTube and people were like, ASMR, uh, or there's, I'm forgetting the word, but it's like just watching videos of people eating like gluttonous amounts of food. And I'm like, that's not what I, I want it to be funny. And I want to give a, a drunk review of the food item. Like I, I want to, I, I see the commercial when I'm drunk and I think, oh, that looks good. I get it. And it's awful. I want, I want to say it. Um, so I edit out all of the chewing of the food so that it's actually just me saying stupid stuff because I'm I'm drunk and me actually reviewing the food item uh, because I didn't want I'm like I don't want to be one of those people that people are like I don't know to me it's like someone's watching me eat food for the noises I, I, that grosses me out man I might as well start notably fans at that point. <laughs> You know, I totally hear you, but, you know, that is a thing now. People want to hear that stuff, right? So there's a whole gigantic sector of the of the universe out there who want to hear you chewing and swallowing and your breaths and your nose and your all those mouth sounds and all that. Yeah, yeah, it, it creeps me out a little bit. <laughs> I know what you mean, man. So that's, I, I did hear you talking on, a, on another podcast you were on about people not even being able to enjoy the flavor of their food and I'm like I don't I don't know if I do that all the time but I know that's one of the reasons I edit out the chewing so that I can do it if I want to because otherwise I would be like just chew this and swallow it whole if I need to to get it over with so that was a uh I'm I'm I stand by that choice even though maybe I would have blown up as a uh you know 
a chew noise person. <laughs> you know, there, there, there's an audience for you, brother. Um, I know it. You know, no matter what you do, you'll always find an audience. We have 8 billion people on this planet. So no matter what you want to do, you'll always get your followers. Yeah, that is that is something I was I was talking to someone else that I, I uh, wor- was working with on some comedy sketch stuff. And it's like, sadly, being good is important, but it's not as important as finding people who want to watch what you put out. Um, because there are people who find the dumbest things in the world funny. Uh, a, a guy I, I've, I've done comedy sketch stuff with, he loves watching videos of people getting shot with pelt guns and getting hit in the leg with weed whackers, and he just... And I'm like, oh, this is gross, and he's crying laughing. I'm like, yeah. See, I view that as disgusting, and I hate that this person makes any money off of their self-mutilation, but this guy's crying laughing, so clearly, who am I to judge? <laughs> that guy obviously found his audience in your friend, so mm-hmm. it's just, it's a crazy thing out there. There's something for everybody, and you can always find what you're looking for, and someone will always find you, so there's that trade-off, you know. Yeah, I do, um, I, I do think and i'm curious if i'm one of the uh last people <laughs> to start doing this uh i i really started discovering cooking for myself and for my kids i just turned 36 so it, it had to have been after i was 30 that i'm like you know i'm gonna learn my family's sauce recipe i'm gonna experiment i make a thing that my kids call taco lasagna um, which is basically tacos that I layer tortillas. And I mean, it's just a, di- you eat it with a fork and knife instead. And my kids get really pissed when their taco falls apart in their hands. So <laughs> now it's a fork and knife dish. So, right. And I actually cut some corners to make it a little healthier sometimes. Um, but just experimenting with things like that. And I, I find great enjoyment out of it, but I don't know many people my age who cook at all anymore. It's just so convenient to be, I'm holding up my phone listeners <laughs> to, right, to right. do that. I did it an hour and a half ago. I'm like, I got food in the fridge, but I'm going to, now at least I got, I ordered from a place called Naked Farmer, which is a, a farm to table. They grow all their own food and stuff like that. So at least I feel good about what I ingested, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but still it's so easy I could have probably made something that tasted as good as that mm-hmm. for a tenth of the price and had leftovers for tomorrow. Uh, it would have taken me, well, it would have taken me less time than when I ordered it to when it arrived. But it would have, instead of, you know, watching TV or, or you know, doing some stuff on the internet, I would have been in the kitchen. Um, so I guess, I, I don't know. It's It's like, I guess it's good for people who financially don't need to know how to cook, but... I also worry if that convenience goes away, what are they going to do for food? <laughs> well, you know, the the whole artistic nature of food has been lost, it appears. And uh, people are not taking pride in that anymore like they once did. And it's all about convenience in this generation. And I think that's a bad thing because although convenience may appear to save you time, it probably doesn't. It doesn't save money, and it's definitely not good for your health. So um, 
that whole mindfulness experience of, of shopping and prepping and cooking and like getting into your Zen place when you're in the kitchen is something I think to be enjoyed and to really be displayed in life. And, uh, you know, a lot of people will just prefer to go down the street and pick up some, some garbage at the fast food place. And I'm still not that way, even though there are more junk food places than ever, I still really enjoy getting into my kitchen because that's my world and that's my arena where I like to do my art. And I think that there are a lot of people who can relate, but I think most people have moved for, uh, further away from that as time goes on. Yeah, and it's sad because I don't, I, I'm obviously far from professional, but when I can make something that I've never made before and I like it and my kids like it, um, even simple things like learning how to make a chili. It's, it's not hard to make chili. If you have a crock pot, it, it's really easy. Right. Uh, I mean, and you can make a pretty healthy chili also. Like it doesn't, uh, and, and my son has a dairy allergy. He's, he's had his whole life. Um, so I've learned to cook like uh, dairy free cheese sauce to put on the chili. Um, you know, it's little things like that, that, that seeing the smile on his face and saying, this is, this is the best thing I've ever eaten. It's like, oh, that's so much better than any, I don't know. There's just a, uh, 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 I don't <laughs> feel like a manly man. Like I look at what I did. <laughs> so, so Jeff, when you do that, you experience that daddy kicks ass energy and that's something that we all live for. And that's part of why I like to cook is because I bring so much enjoyment to others. And so what you just described is exactly what it's all about when you get into the kitchen, because oftentimes you're cooking for others more often mm -hmm. than when you're cooking for yourself. And so it's a good feeling when you see the enjoyment spread across the face of the people you're cooking for. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's even when you fail at your experiments, you know, it's, if you can figure out a way to at least make it edible and learn from it and try it again next time, there's still a, every time you make progress, it's just like, yes, look at, I mean, I failed at, uh, I couldn't decide whether to make uh, Philly cheesesteak or I, uh, fried rice for my kid, a form of fried rice. It's certainly not traditional fried rice, but close enough. And I'm like, I'm going to make it together. I'm going to make a Philly cheesesteak fried rice. And I neglected to treat the meat properly and season it and everything before I... It was a, a just a big error right off the bat. Not, you know, salt, pepper. I always use... I'm Italian. I over-abuse garlic powder in everything I cook. Um, oh, yeah, sure. But I, I neglected to really season the meat before I infused it all. And uh, I, I needed to add a lot of salt after the fact when it was plated to make it edible, which I didn't love to do. It felt like a failure, but it's like, ah, eh, I learned a lesson. <laughs> you know, it's so much better that you tried than, than just ordering takeout because, I mean, for instance, when you've had potluck parties, I'll tell you one of the things that pissed me off my entire life when I've thrown potluck parties, I expect my guests who are invited to my home are going to take a little bit of time and a little bit of care and they're going to make something in their own kitchen but no that's not the case people stop by the local supermarket they pick up a 
carton of crap and they bring it to the party and they lay it down. It's like that's not what that's not what the whole gist and the gestalt of a get together is when it's called potluck. You're supposed to put some time and effort into it. Yeah, it's it's I, I don't know. Maybe I'm uh, I, I there's there's part of your heart and soul that goes into preparing food, even if it doesn't turn out good. Like, you know, I, I feel like that's uh, it, it is becoming more and more of a lost art where I don't know many of my friends my age who have any idea how to how to cook. I can think of one offhand, and I've lived here my whole life, so I have a lot of friends my age, and, and there's not a lot of them who know how to cook. And it's not just your age either. There are people my age uh, who also don't cook. They, they go out and they purchase convenience food, and then they come home and they just eat it mindlessly instead of learning to savor the foods that they're eating and to recognize the flavor and learn how to taste. And these are things that I do to help people understand what they're putting in their mouth you might as well enjoy it if you're eating it more so than just cramming food inside your mouth you want to be able to taste the flavors and so that's just a matter of breathing taking your time being mindful thinking about it and you'll enjoy food like you never have before if you learn how to do a few simple techniques it's i feel like that's completely i mean i'm 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 sure this is <laughs> super simplistic uh, to, to someone trained like yourself, but being able to do that, I don't know how you, if you can't do that, I don't know how you ever do learn to cook because you have to know how to, I mean, flavoring the food, you know, figuring out the right spice mix to, to add to your, your food is so important. And it's like, I, I think I'm pretty good at it because I like to think I enjoy the food that I eat and I actually think, all right, this has, you know, I was eating something the other day. I'm like, too much cilantro. I'm like, I, I wonder if most people would even recognize that taste and say, nah, too much of it. Um, yeah, that's a real, that's a real kind of acquired taste, uh, cilantro is. I know for a lot of American folks, it, it is something that is very, very difficult to handle at first when you get it in a Thai dish or a Chinese dish or something. But if you acquire the taste for it, it's something that you really love. Yeah, yeah, I haven't, I, I can eat it, but it, if it, if, uh, I don't know if it was just a bad bite, where it was like just too much in one bite, because I enjoyed the dish, but I'm like, uh, too, too much of that in my mouth at one time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely think it comes down to, with flavor, everybody, whatever you like is, is right for you. There's no right food or wrong food, it's all about the individual. Uh, what, what I just can't, wrap my mind around is when I watch people eat mindlessly, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, when they really aren't tasting the flavors, they're just eating the food. Mm -hmm. And there's just so much enjoyment in life because you got to eat every day and you're going to be eating several times per day. So you might as well enjoy it to the maximum value. Right. And gosh, it's even more so when they're eating crap food, meaning if you're going to eat that, put ter. I get it if you're, uh, you know, when I try to lose weight, a lot of times for a whole day, I eat like a large bag of kale, like I don't know how many pounds of kale. I don't enjoy it. I, I put a little lemon and stuff, so it, it, it tastes okay. But I, I, you know, I'm not savoring that because I'm trying to clean out my system, basically. Um, but if you're going to eat a Big Mac, 
don't shove it down like I just need fuel. I mean, it's still, you know, it's crap, but it tastes good if you if you if you enjoy it and it and it's fresh, of course. <laughs> it totally tastes great. Yeah, I don't think you'd get an argument from from anyone saying that you know the fast food chains aren't doing a great job in so much as at least getting you addicted to their foods mm -hmm. and they do taste delicious and so on. But then the other side of that line is, is it in any way healthy and is it in any way safe or affordable or that kind of thing? So those are the things that I think are worth looking at. And if there are people who are listening to us or watching us right now and they're going through anything similar where they'd like to lose weight or get off their medications or reverse disease, I've kind of become a specialist in that in these past three years, so I can help people. Yeah, and I I, uh, I, I wanted to, to segue into that, too, because that's such an important thing. Um, I, I am, uh, I'm at the age where I'm like, I'm not on any medications. I, you know, I take, you know, Benadryl once or twice a year when I get seasonal allergies, and I'll take a Flexerol every now and then if my back's aching, but... Otherwise, I basically say I don't. I don't ever want to take pills. I don't feel like as a as a human being, you're meant to take medication every day just to live. I know some people have to, um, but I think the goal should be not to. Um, that being said, I'm you know sixty pounds overweight, and I'm I just turned thirty six. So it's like, well, I gotta I gotta get these things under control, or eventually it's gonna be well. You gotta take some pills. Or you're going to die. <laughs> you know uh, what, Jeff? I'm willing to put myself out there and tell you right now and all of your millions of listeners that if you want to do a little thing together, we'll work together off the air and you can report in on a weekly basis. If you're serious and you have persistence and determination combined with information that I'll give you, we'll get you to where you want to be and then you can report on it on the show. Yeah, yeah. I think my... For me personally, I think what turns into the biggest uh, obstacle is uh, is this stuff. Um, is that scotch? Uh, this is Canadian whiskey. Canadian whiskey, okay. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, the two things that are very interesting, because I have a friend who was marveling at... Uh, I decide I'm like I, I'm taking a, a full nine days off of drinking just to, and I I lost eleven pounds in nine days just by not drinking alcohol. I actually ate way worse than normal during those nine days. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I yeah. I've realized I go through. I, I won't even say on the podcast, but uh, quite a bit of alcohol per day uh, to where I'm I'm getting a day's worth of calories from alcohol. So it's kind of a marvel right. that I'm not way bigger than I am. <laughs> yeah, but you know, something we, we should take a look at. I mean, fortunately, you're in your 30s still, but uh, if you're wasted all the time or if you've got alcohol coursing through your veins all the time, then we've got some other issues we need to address as well, if you want to. Well, it, you know, it's an interesting thing. Uh, what my friend was marveling at is he's like, the, what you drink, and, and I've had a doctor tell me this in the past, you should not be able to go cold turkey without having real... I can. So it's like, some somehow my body's not dependent on it. Um, I enjoy drinking it, so, I, you know. So when I don't have my kids, I drink a lot of it. <laughs> um, but I've also realized it's like, you know, if I just 
you know, the nights where I have three to four drinks, I'm, I've got such a tolerance that it does nothing to me. Why am I wasting calories? If I make that little change right there, I feel like probably going to start dropping a, a couple pounds just, just from the, you don't need to even, you know, address the casual drinking first. That doesn't, you know, it's one, I, I don't know. It's a interesting, uh, interesting mindset I have, which is probably unhealthy, but it's like, if my goal is to drink to get drunk, the times I'm drinking and not getting drunk are really a waste of calories. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. Looking at it from, from that perspective, I totally agree with you. So if you're not drinking to get the buzz, then uh, what's the sense? And like you said, alcohol is not good. Alcohol addiction is worse and uh, excess alcohol is going to turn to fat anyway, because it gets converted to fat in our cells. And so there's nothing wrong with having an occasional, uh, and believe me, you're taking it from somebody who's been down that road. Um, there's nothing wrong with, with having fun and doing things on occasion and even being excessive on occasion. But if it becomes something that becomes part of your daily lifestyle, it's time to start taking a look at it. Right? Right, right. That's, um, and, and you know, it's interesting. Now, this episode will come out in mid-January, I think. Oh, well, then happy. Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> yes. Um, so that being said, so it's one of those things, and th this is interesting, uh, even though it may not be timely when the podcast comes out, I fall into the trap that I bet a lot of people do, and I wonder if you have any insight on this, but there's that gauntlet uh, in at the end of the year. There's Thanksgiving. Make matters worse, my birthday is December 11th, so it's exactly in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Oh, well, happy birthday, brother. Thank you, thank you. Um, nowadays, it's like a somber day, like, oh, another year. <laughs> uh, but, oh, you're all of 36 years old. <laughs> oh, I feel so bad for you. Yeah, perspective <laughs> is crazy, depending on who you talk to. Right, right, <laughs> right. I talked to, I talked to a, someone who was 28, and they, they're treating me like I'm like on my deathbed. I'm like, come on. <laughs> right, like a 28-year-old looks at you and thinks grandpa. So, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it is. It's all a matter of perspective, for sure. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, well, I, I won't even tell you. My daughter wouldn't. I will tell you, because it's funny. When uh, just driving, and there was a, a woman who was probably in her early 20s, um, and my daughter, who is 12, said, she's probably closer to my age than yours, Dad. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. So I'm like, basically, like take your take your eyes off of her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saying. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's that's like good. Ah. <laughs> yeah, you don't want your daughter thinking daddy is a dirty old man. Yeah, which is weird because it's like it's natural for someone my age to look at a woman in her early twenties. But yeah, go ahead and try to explain natural to your twelve year old daughter. Right. Right, because I'm going to be teaching her that nothing's now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's that's the joy of having children when you're basically still a child, because you're like, I'm still a child, kind of. Uh, yeah, she's a teenager already. <laughs> wow, but when I was her age, uh, how old is you? Do you have a, a son, or you have two daughters? My son is ten. Yeah, ten. my daughter's uh, about to be thirteen. So. When I was 10 years old, my family moved to L.A. from New York, and we went across country, and 
my dad took us aside when we got to Las Vegas because he was going to introduce us to the almighty buffet. And he said, now kids, gather around. I have something important to share with you. And we said, well, what is it, dad? He said, we're here to put them out of business. I don't want (laughs) you to eat any rice, any bread, any starchy stuff like potatoes. You can get all that crap back home. We're here to eat the prime rib. Go for the shrimp, kids. Eat the proteins. Let's put them out of business. Are we all in? So he was like all like crazy about it. But that became the philosophy. And that's where my head was at my entire life was, you know, I was there to like put some hurt on these people when I went into buffet places. You know, that's that is a very interesting mindset that I definitely I I my I only had one of my four grandparents alive when I was when I was born and she at least once a month on Sunday after church would take us to Ponderosa which had a buffet um and we went at the time where there was breakfast for 30 minutes and then it switched to lunch so I I was like I you know I was a little kid but I would just put away the food and then I remember going to CC's I don't know I don't know if you've ever encountered that a pizza buffet um And yeah, I would be like 13 years old and I'd be like, I'm on slice 22. And it was like, well, my parents paid a whole $3.99 for this buffet. I'm going to eat my money's worth. You know, you get to put another notch on your belt and then also let your belt out a little bit at the same time. So it's kind of an interesting perspective. Yeah, literally and figuratively. (laughs) (laughs) But now, to be fair, most adults, I think have a similar attitude, not only about buffets, but my mind went to open bars. It's like, oh yeah. I, when I flew, I paid an extra 50 or 60 bucks one time when I was flying home from Buffalo. And I'm like, I got first class, all you can drink. I'm like, I'm going to drink $95 at least worth of booze to make sure that I'm, I make money on this transaction. Exactly. And it's exactly. just the, which is such... I, I respect the, uh, you know, economic sense of it, but it's such a dangerous, from a health standpoint, they conflict quite a bit. Oh, they really do. You know, having discipline and, and being able to get your money's worth sometimes fly in the face of each other. Oh, yeah. And, and you know what else? Uh, I don't know if uh, you, you, you're probably smart enough not to use uh, Uber Eats. Uh, or, or food delivery apps of the of that ilk. Right, not but, at all, yeah. But I go on Uber Eats and, ter- you know, I had, I, had a, I had an interesting weekend with a lot of fun stuff going on. And at one point I'm like, I, I just, I need to eat something. And for some reason I was craving a calzone. Uh, and I didn't have the stuff to make it at my house, which probably I shouldn't be using an oven in the condition I was in either. either. <laughs> or being on the road for that matter. So <laughs> Yes, and yeah. I, I do not go on the road. So I go on to get a calzone, and I notice this place is selling uh, 12-inch pizzas, BOGO as well. And there's a 40% off deal. So I get a calzone and two 12-inch pepperoni pizzas delivered to my house. Before tip, it was less than 20 bucks. And I'm like, this is days of food. I still have one of the pizzas in my fridge, which I'm actually proud of. It's like I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm planning on saying, telling my daughter to eat it tomorrow because I don't want to eat it. And she, you know, she can afford the <laughs> she can afford the calories. She'll enjoy the treat. Oh, that's um, funny. But 
but that's how convenient they make it where it's uh like you know well gosh i'd be an idiot not to you know i basically why would i not get two pizzas that are basically free when you factor in everything they're giving it away mm-hmm yeah, yeah, you'd be an idiot yeah. to pass it up, right? <laughs> I know. It's highly suspect, though. When you th think about it, if you like, look at it from long range, you go, how do they do that? What is it that they're giving us? <laughs> yes. Yes. It's, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, in the state of mind I was in, it didn't. <laughs> the okay, question so I, didn't register. <laughs> I have to ask you, though, what is the perfect spirit, alcohol-wise, to have with your pizza? Um. You know what? I will. I will tell you the the only mature thing that I've started to do th this past year. I especially with a food with red sauce in it. I will switch to water while I'm eating it. I cannot oh. mix liquor and red sauce, or I get heartburn so terribly. It's um, interesting. I thought you were going to say maybe red wine. When you went into the red sauce thing, I thought <laughs> you were going to switch up and say a good red, a Chianti, or something like that. I. Uh, Yes, probably that or a beer, a good beer. Uh -huh. um, uh, that um, I, I was tempted to have a beer with it, actually. But I, even in that state, I said, no, nah, I'm going to drink water. I don't need any of the stomach bubbles coming up. I don't. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> this, this right. Is, this is going to put enough strain on my system. <laughs> that was a good choice. That was definitely a good choice. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the one advancement I've made as a human being for the most part this year. It's like at right. least I'm like I'm just gonna drink water while I'm eating at least something like pizza or a calzone or, or pasta with red sauce on it. You know, like you were saying before, uh, the months of anywhere I guess between Halloween and New Year's mm -hmm. it's a difficult time for people. Because, you know, people get into like the overeating, overdrinking, sadness, depression, anxiety kind of place. And it's a difficult time of year. And sometimes we kind of like give back all that we work so hard for for the other 10 months out of the year. And so I call it like the fuck it all kind of like last month of the year. So it's it's a difficult time for people. Hopefully, you know, everyone had a good uh, New Year's and is, is taking care of themselves right now because we do work so hard throughout the whole entire year to to be in a good frame of mind, if at all possible. Yeah, it's interesting. I um, And maybe the timeliness of this episode will be great because people will be re just removed from that period of time where... And look, I'm... I, I like to, I know I pretend that I'm mentally a healthy person and everything, but it's like, even myself, I, I chose to take nine days off, including my birthday, actually, because I'm like, I know I'm, I ate too much on Thanksgiving. I know I'm going to eat too much on Christmas and right. I'm okay with that, but I'm going to at least set myself up so I don't weigh myself January 1st and say, I had 15 pounds the last two months. At least if I stave off and I'm... I entered Thanksgiving and, and broke out New Year's the same weight. I'm okay with that. That's a win for me. And oh, then in yeah. January, I'm going to make a change. Um, I, you know, that that remains to be seen whether it will come to fruition. But that's at least the uh, mentally, like, just work my way through. And I did hear someone who was talking about food, and their best advice was Thanksgiving and Christmas. Now, granted, most people don't have a birthday where their mom makes pizza you know, mm. or homemade pizza in right in between. <laughs> but he said Thanksgiving and Christmas, 
eat what you want, eat as much as you want, do not take any leftovers with you, and go back to your normal, just you, enjoy Thanksgiving, because if you don't, then you'll, you, you're more likely to cheat afterwards, and maybe before. Enjoy Christmas, because if you don't, you're, you're going to eat more afterwards. You're going to be like, well, I really wanted to eat my mom's lasagna, but I only had a small piece, and now I'm mad, and now I'm going to, you know, make up for... I Since I didn't cheat then, I'm going to cheat now. Yeah, uh, we can't go into a, a state of denial all of a sudden when the holidays roll around and get this whole guilt complex on us. Really, the best thing to do is to survive Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and then get back on it in January. That's when gym memberships pop up and then people go to the gym kind of religiously for a month or two and then they're gone. Um, and that's what the companies rely upon. So, you know, my soundest advice for, for anybody is just like survive the holidays, have as much fun as you can, give people as much love as you can, and then take care of yourself all the rest of the rest of the new year. Yeah, that's, I, I think that's the, physically and mentally, <laughs> that's got to be the healthiest way to go about it, because, yeah, I couldn't imagine, um, I, I did keto, actually, gosh, uh, 2021, the first month or, maybe three months I did it, um, and one of those, one of those days was when my mom was, was making pizza for family dinner for somebody's birthday, and I actually bought a keto crust uh, that was totally, uh -huh. all of the things were fine. Uh, it's supposed to be two, but I like it thicker, so that was a mistake. Um, it still tasted okay. It wasn't as good, but the sauce, the cheese were still on there. Uh, you know, pepperoni was on there. Um, uh, it was not good. Uh, I did not realize how much fiber I was ingesting in that very thick pizza crust, but... Uh, it did not make for a pleasant day the next day. <laughs> I hear you, and, and I smell you, too. So. <laughs> it was the closest I came to an adult uh, to, to uh, not making it to a toilet. <laughs> you know, the keto will work, though, and I'm a big proponent of that, and I think that when people are ready, and it's up to each individual because no one can tell you what to do, but when people are ready, that is definitely a lifestyle worth exploring for sure. Yeah, it, it's it's a uh, the biggest area I run into problems with is the is is pasta. It's uh, it, more so than pizza. It's like, oh, I just like it so much. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, nowadays they do have uh, pasta-like products that are that are keto safe and and free from carbohydrates so it's not made from wheat flour it's made from yam flour or something like that and they're called shirataki noodles and you'll find them where the tofu is in the in the refrigerated section of the of the supermarket so that's something it's a good transitionary kind of way to get from a bad product like wheat pasta to you know getting onto the help kind of wagon if you if you, so to speak i guess yeah, it well, it's to me. I, I I thought I transitioned into keto super easily, and then after a few months, it was like I yeah. And and part of it, and I don't I don't know if you have insight on this. Part of it too is it does become very difficult when you know it's me and my two kids. I'm they're not going to eat keto. 
Uh, and I don't even know if it's healthy for a, chi- a growing child to eat keto. I don't, I don't know if that's been studied or anything like that. But I'd obviously n- not do it unless my kids really, really wanted to. And I'd research the hell out of it first. But um, so when you're you're making two separate meals, then it becomes even more difficult because it's like well, I really want to taste, make sure the food I'm giving them doesn't taste like crap. But there's carbs in it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, basically, for anyone who's listening right now or watching us and they don't know what keto is, it's a, it's a word that people are throwing around. It really means mm-hmm. a very, very low carbohydrate intake kind of diet. So that means no starches, no sugars, no alcohol, no fruit. So it's very, very limiting, but the body responds very well to it. And uh, the lower the carbohydrates, the more weight you lose and the better your joints will feel and your body will feel and you'll feel hungry less often. So there are a lot of really good, solid benefits to a, to a keto lifestyle. So I don't like to call it a diet, but uh, if you can look at it and, and treat it like a lifestyle, you'll feel really, really good, I believe. Yeah, I think uh, someone with a, a stronger constitution than, than myself would have a, a good time with that. I've I've been fascinated and sometimes successful with intermittent fasting, um, which I know is something else I've heard you talk positively about. The only problem I have, I can go longer than most people I know without eating and not be hungry, but the second... There's probably, and you might have the answer to this, the second I start eating, I become ravenous. So, like, once I break the seal, so to speak, uh, it's like, now I just want all the food. Um, And I I can't, I find it very hard to stop. I can go 24 hours without eating and I'll be fine. But once I have an almond, I'm like, now I want want every piece of food that I can put my hands on as quickly as possible. You know, I understand that. I think that's kind of a natural thing where the uh, the body will respond. It will be triggered by the food coming in. But really, once again, it takes sort of a, a scientific, persistent approach to to being able to open and close the window as far as when you're eating and when you're not. And uh, like, for instance, most of this entire year, or most of 22, uh, I've only allowed myself to eat in a six-hour window each day, and I usually don't feel hungry. And when I start to eat, uh, it doesn't really stimulate my appetite that much, but I feel really good. And so that's something I'm really just trying to spread that message, but I don't want it to be overbearing at all because everybody's got to do their thing on their own timing. Uh, So yeah, but I can make everything sound and taste more delicious if anybody needs any help with that. Yeah, well, that's that's the other factor. I I think of how difficult it is to. I, I feel like I have a leg up on a lot of people who because it's like I I can at least make a decent amount of food. Now, granted, most of my cooking would not be keto friendly, but I mean, I was keto for a while, so I did learn some some of that stuff too. Uh, eggs are really useful for a lot of things. I oh, eat eggs every day. Eggs are part of my day. So a lot of eggs, a lot of avocado, a lot of cheese, a lot of uh, meat proteins, uh, beef, lamb, chicken, fish. Those are the kinds of things that keto allows for. And those are the kinds of foods that a lot of people really, really love and don't have to 
worry about not being able to eat? Interesting question. Uh, kind of diving off a, a, a weird deep end, but it was a thought I had. Um, and I'm curious if, what, what your thoughts would be. I, I, always, I, I had the idea of, you know what I should do a couple days after New Year's? I should just lay out a two or three week schedule and just say, all I'm going to eat I'm going to, this is my meals. At the, This time I'm going to have this. This time I'm going to have this. That's, you know, and, and just kale, eggs, chicken, you know, uh, a couple of, of, of broccoli, a, a couple of little things here or there. I'd have to be smart building it out, but limit myself too to where it's like 10 foods or less. It's not going to even, except for the eggs, because they're always delicious. It's not going to even taste great, but... For three weeks, this is the military style, military, but I, I'm going to be militant about only eating these foods on this schedule. I'm not going to weigh myself until day 22. Um, and if that hasn't lost me a ton of weight, then I could just say, well, screw it. I try. <laughs> you know what, Jeff? I bet you that's a great idea. And if you want, I'll coach you. And if you want to put aside one month where you're going to really get into it, I guarantee you'll lose 20 pounds. All right. Yeah, that's uh, I'll, I'll plot out a, a, a 30 day. Because I, I do think some people make a foolhardy decision of saying, January 1st, I'm going to change, right, and they wake right. up hungover. <laughs> yeah, you got to wait till everything wears off before you can get into something new. Yeah, it's and, and I'm blessed. I don't have hangovers, but I do wake up the night after real heavy drinking and go, I'm starving. I need food because I, I know my body needs it for a reason, probably to soak up the, the remnant poison from last night. You know, so many people are going through it, so it's great that you can share that uh, because there are a lot of people right now who are listening to us who are, who are going through the same thing and probably want a helping hand and want to get the leg up and they, they need to reach out and they want to have a coach and they want to be healthy and they want to live to the age of 40 or 50 or older and 60 and 70 and maybe <laughs> even older. So um, there, there are ways to do that. You, you, we don't have to be victimized by the way the world kind of messes us up. You've got the food world on the one hand messing us up by giving us poisonous garbage and you've got the medical world messing us up by giving us the medications to help try to fix all the stuff that the food world's done to us and really what they are is just big corporate kind of greedy corporation type of uh, activities that are going on so we have to eventually kind of stand up for ourselves and say you know this is not right and we can take care of it we can take it into our own hands and we could make a, a good impact yeah it's uh it's, uh i forget who said it um I got in an argument with my mother over, um, and I don't know if it's true, but I think it was Adam Carolla who was talking. He's like, breakfast was invented by Kellogg's. It's, <laughs> it wasn't It wasn't a thing. Uh, and my mom's like, no, they've always said breakfast is the most important meal of the day. I'm like, yeah, I think they were paid off by somebody to say that. They were totally wrong, as were the people who created that so-called food pyramid back in the 50s. You know, there's just so much 
bad information out there that's still floating around and that people still believe and, and, and engage with and hold on to. So uh, I think Adam Carolla was absolutely right. Breakfast was not something that humans from 100,000 years ago were eating. Uh, back in the day, humans were designed as the animal they are uh, to eat when there was food and we weren't constantly snacking and drinking and doing those kinds of things. So the world has really shifted uh, based on big business. Yeah, I do remember not too long ago where the the trend, I knew a lot of very thin females who, and they were thin. So, you know, whatever, it works for them. But their philosophy was you never eat a full meal. You just snack 24 hours a day or as long as you're awake just eat a handful of almonds every five minutes or so and it's like well that seems exhausting first of all oh yeah <laughs> but oh, i absolutely. think uh you know and, and they ate such small amount you know so and they were also much younger back when i'm talking about i mean this was probably 10 15 years ago um so their metabolisms were also still probably a lot more equipped to uh deal with it and some sons of bitches are just so blessed. I know a guy, I worked with a guy who ate fast food every day for lunch. He never exercised, and he looked like he had a marathoner's body. <laughs> like Incredible, right? Super skinny, never had to do it. I'd be sitting there eating my little tuna fish on a high-fiber wrap, and he'd be sitting there ch chugging down Arby's food, and I'm like, you son of a bitch, I hate you. <laughs> Some people are just blessed with an amazing metabolism. Like uh, my wife, for instance, has an incredible metabolism. She watches what she eats, though, and she works out, she exercises and so on, but she burns more calories than the average bear, and she could, she could eat me under the table. And uh, no pun intended, uh, she can out-eat <laughs> most people, but she's just got this wonderful metabolism. That goes to genetics. And people like you and I, who maybe are not blessed with the same kind of genetics, we have to work a little bit harder. Yeah. Yeah, that is uh, that is the truth. Uh, I, I yeah. My body can metabolize alcohol, but not, not food. <laughs> well, you are definitely a champion when it comes to the whole alcohol thing. And that's something that, you know, we need to try to get that reduced somewhat so you can continue to enjoy, but just not all the time. Yeah, no, I, uh, I definitely think that's the, the, the cutting out of the unnecessary calories, you know, take, take small, uh, steps. Uh, although if I do that, month-long thing where I, I have a diet this is the only foods i'm eating alcohol will not be on the table uh <laughs> is there a month during the year when you don't have the kids that that's coming up soon uh no i have um 50 percent of time it's it's easy for me not to drink when i have the kids so i think now preparing food for them while i'm on a strict diet that's that's the interesting conflict of the <laughs> of the two it's like you know, I can easily not drink when I have my kids. I, I usually uh, would have three or four small drinks. And, and that, again, it doesn't, I, I'm getting rid of those. Because why am I drinking 600 calories that aren't even doing anything to me? Uh, it's just a habitual comfort thing. It's not a, you know, there's no reason to do that. I've, I finally grasped that in my head. Uh, but the prepping of food, if all I'm eating is eggs and kale for dinner. <laughs> and they're, uh, you know. 
I'm not going to make them eat that. Although my, my son uh, does like a kale salad. Just he needs obviously a lot more than than that to uh, to grow. And he needs to start. He's close to the age where he needs to start building some muscle too. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that means protein. But muscle yeah. and protein go together. And there's nothing wrong with kale. And there's nothing wrong with salads uh, and that kind of thing. That's not the stuff that makes us unhealthy. The unhealthy elements are the things that have high carbs so it's the starchy stuff things that grow beneath the ground um you know breads and rice and pasta the things that we love so much mm-hmm. are the things that are, are working against us in the long run you know la- last thing i want to ask you before i ask you to 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 give your plugs because it just popped into my head and i feel like you'd be uniquely qualified to answer this question um, because you have the chef background, you're obviously so, uh, educated when it comes to, to food choices and health and everything as well. Um, this is going to be a long rambling question and I apologize. I, I, I've many times have made reference to a dream I had, uh, a couple of years ago where in this dream, I have very vivid dreams and I was abducted by, not abducted by aliens, but I ended up with them if, you know, doesn't. That story doesn't matter. But on their ship, they were a highly advanced species. And they said, you know, what's your favorite thing to eat and drink? And I said, "Uh, I don't know, pizza and whiskey. They said, okay. And I'm like, well, I thought they were trying to train me to be an elite fighter. Uh, And I'm like, well, I can't eat this. They're like, no, it just tastes like pizza and whiskey. It's actually really healthy food. Like, it's we've got the perfect nutrient balance in everything you eat. You eat, we can make it taste like anything you want, but the nutrients are going to be the proper, the perfect amount for you. And I've always thought, I feel like we could, technologically and scientifically, I feel like we could get to a place like that probably sooner rather than later. But I don't think McDonald's, Coca-Cola, <laughs> the the major players in the food industry, I don't think they would have any interest in that being something that became a reality. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. It, it will never happen. And the only way it will happen is if we take into account that there is information out there that's not being generated by those major corporate types, right? So, um, but I am interested in your dream and this alien species that you talk about. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> there's a lot there. I'll t- I'll tell you this. I woke up, uh, and I had to immediately roll over to my phone and check what date it was because I was convinced I was gone for six months. Because the dream even ended with me back on Earth, so it was like an extra, you know, like wait. Well, I'm fat still, so it probably didn't happen. <laughs> Just in case, let me check the calendar. <laughs> that is so funny. I I don't recall my dreams. I know I must dream, but I don't recall them. So in a way, I kind of consider that a blessing because I spend so much of my life and my time doing the daydream thing that there would be no sense for me personally to be able to recall my dreams at night because when I hear people talk about their dreams that they have during sleep, a lot of times it's, it sounds very disturbing and, uh, you know, life is disturbing enough. Um, so, so I just kind of deal with uh, my day to day, but I do feel fortunate that I don't recall my dreams like the rest of you. 
It's very interesting. It's uh, and and I have them. I've never met someone who has them so realistic and vivid. Um, and yeah, I've I've fortunately started to have fewer and fewer of those awful dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still happen occasionally, but not not nearly as often. Um, and to be honest, the one blessing is uh, I I I have multiple projects I've started writing about based on something I dreamt. And, and I've talked to some writers and creative people and they're like, well, it was your dream. So yeah, <laughs> you're not cheating. Right, <laughs> I, right, right. I feel like so I'm cheating because it's like, it wasn't yeah. my idea. It's like, well, yeah, it was. I mean. <laughs> yeah, no, it was created within your mind somewhere. So you should flesh it out. Are you going to write a screenplay or a story about it? Or is it just part of your act or what are you doing? Um, I have. Uh, and I finally, I, I actually have finally focused in on one to take to the next step. But I have on my desktop one, two, three, four, five, six, six feature films started between twenty and sixty percent, two TV series and a short film. That's more of a more of a family project. Uh, so that that doesn't really count. That's more of just a fun thing. Uh, but no, I I finally talked to someone who's like, pick pick the one you like the most, and focus on that because if you jump from one to the other, you're never going to finish any of them. So, yeah, no, that sounds good. So, have you decided on which one you're going to stay with and and build out? Yes, I think the one I'm going to focus on first is uh, is one that's not based on a dream. Um, it's loosely based on me and a couple of my friends and actual things that have happened, and then. I just kind of ramp it up a little bit. So can I, you tease us with a little bit of an elevator pitch on that? Um, it is a, uh, it's a, it, it's a buddy comedy where uh, the the main guy who's not based on me, uh, he really wants to get home, but through a series of d- bad decisions by himself and his friends, he keeps having encounters with the police and uh he he uh, things escalate and this is where it becomes holy fiction <laughs> there are some elements of truth in a lot of it but the things elevate to a place where uh you know his options are going to be become a hero or go away for a long long time but it's so, purely a comedy <laughs> oh it's a comedy i was going to ask you is it a comedy is it an action flick what are you thinking about Oh yeah, it's it's uh what did I compare it to? Uh or someone compared it to it when I was telling them about it. Um one of the friends who who's I'm basing a character on loosely. Um I think he said it was like the hangover meets planes, trains and automobiles or something to that extent. Not a bad reference. If you if you have half that success you'll be you'll be rolling, you'll be happy. Oh yeah. I'll I'll take ten percent of that success. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Hey, so I just wanted to make mention of, uh, for anybody out there who overindulged during the holidays and you gained a few pounds, there is an upside to being overweight. And do you want to know what that is? Uh, I I think I know it. I think I heard you say it. It's because you can lose weight faster, right? No, it's <laughs> harder to kidnap when you're oh. fat. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. 
So there you go. So anybody who's having a little bit of trouble, don't get down on yourself. <laughs> Just think that, you know, you're safe for the moment. And, and then contact me and then we'll kind of get it together for you. <laughs> yeah. And, t- and tell my listeners, where can they uh, where can they find you, Matthew? If anybody wants to reach out to me personally, I'll take your calls. I'll take your emails. I'd love to interact with people. I'm at that stage right now, Jeff, where I'm in that pay it forward kind of place in my life. So I'm helping people with their projects creatively, business-wise, entrepreneurial-wise, their health, anything like that. HawaiiFoodTours.com is my primary website. And if you just visit HawaiiFoodTours.com, it's a great place to read some really cool stories, some funny stories about my life and my world. And you can contact me about anything, whether it's recipes, food, diet, nutrition, or otherwise. So I'm always there for people right now. It's a good place to be. I'm not running my business anymore because it got crushed, as I mentioned at the top of the show, by COVID. So it's a good time to be helping out others. Yeah, yeah, and and check it out. And uh, I was reading the blog earlier, and uh, some some funny <laughs> some funny stuff on there. Yeah. Uh, there, there, some of some of the words about, um, I would say, bowel movements even are poetic, though the way you wrote them. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the story. Uh, you've got to be shitting me. <laughs> yeah. I think you read that one. Yes, yes, yeah. I think yeah. that's yes. You've got to be shitting me. That's the one. <laughs> right. So you know, uh, I'm just like everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Except I put it into words and, uh, you know, maybe other people kind of keep it a little bit more bottled up, which, you know, good for them for being able to do that. I can't keep my mouth shut. No, no. As you can probably tell, (laughs) I can't either. (laughs) Right. Well, good. It's like a brother from another mother thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. It's uh, There's no secrets in my life. They're all out. <laughs> right, right. It, you can't hide anymore. No, no. Might as well embrace it because, it, yeah, you try to hide, it's going to come out anyway. <laughs> exactly. It's their world. We just live in it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, Matthew, I greatly appreciate your time. Uh, everyone go check out uh, his website. All the links will be in the show notes. And uh, Matthew, thank you again for coming on today. Thank you for inviting me, Jeff. This has been a real lot of fun, and you seem like a great guy, and this is a good show. So so I want to just kind of convince you to keep up the good work because uh, it's fun to have something like this that's real to listen to. Thank you. I I appreciate that. O- authenticity is my calling card. As I- Excellent. <laughs> right that's it that's all hope you had a ball thank you matthew gray uh for the uh insightful uh discussion and he's probably someone who uh i need to talk to again i feel like because there's so much untapped uh conversation in there because uh you know as a girl i dated once said i'm a narcissist so I made it all about me. Uh, <laughs> um, hey, you know what? Sometimes it works for you. Uh, <clears throat> I I don't know. I'm digging myself a hole here. Uh, check out Matthew's links at the show notes below. Uh, again, great guy. Uh, someone I'll definitely be talking to again in the future. 
Uh, I guess I recorded that before Christmas. So it's, it's time flies. It's crazy. Um, what was I going to say? Hey, do me a favor. If you don't mind, go, uh, you know, in the links below, you know, click the Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever you have minds, uh, TikTok, I guess, even though I'll be honest, I'm pretty lazy on there. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I get a lot of credit and this has opened doors for me. Uh, something I didn't even mention in the intro about potential representation even. Um, as far as acting goes, if you catch my drift, um, you know, when you stick, when you want to do something and you stick to it, even if it doesn't yield immediate results, but you stick at it and you try hard, you know, it, it comes through to fruition. I feel like most times, uh, eventually you'll break through. You just need a little bit of talent and a lot of, uh, stick to itiveness. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, a lot of doors have been potentially opened, uh, recently and it, it, it feels good. And I don't know where I was going with, with all of that. Um, oh, maybe I should have done that with TikTok, <laughs> but I didn't cause I hate TikTok. Uh, but Hey, follow me on there and eventually maybe I'll, I'll get, I'll hire someone to do my TikTok. Uh, same with Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Uh, and hey, give me a rating on Apple, Spotify. Uh, I've got a ton of ratings on Apple and Spotify, and I'm extremely grateful for all of you uh, who have let me take your phones and, and rate. No, I'm kidding. I've only done that a few times. <laughs> um, and hey, write me a review on Apple if you'd like. And on IMDb, I've, I think I've got only 11 ratings. I know they make you start an account, but it's really painless. You just need to you know, it's, it's free. I know it's more than one click unlike the other things, but you know, I, I would be grateful for you. And also you're going to have to go on IMDB to keep up with all these credits I'm getting. If you want to follow this guy. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's all I got to say about that. Uh, make sure you check in next week. Again, I, I'm recording this just after I finished an interview uh, for the January 23rd episode, which was uh, so much fun. Um, I mean, I you know, the funny thing is, this is actually, I'm, I'm recording this on the 14th. This episode will come out the 16th. Um, that's the first interview I've done since Matthew, which was before Christmas. So you can see it's been a few weeks. Um, so, you know, uh, the only other thing I've done other than FL teams, check them out. Uh, if you like sports, uh, other than FL teams, I've done those live shows every week, uh, about the NFL. And then, uh, I was on friends of Zeus. 100th episode podcast i i hopped on there for a good 30 40 minutes for their 100th episode um so yeah it's been a while since especially since i was uh the host so i had a blast today and it reminds me why i enjoy doing this um although i do need to get on lining up guests because i've been a little bit lazy over the holidays it's a rough time 
to book people, to be honest. Things really, you know, it takes a week after New Year's. That's why I ran reruns for a couple weeks. Um, Boom, it's over.